What is up, real life? Make some noise. Next week, we are beginning our fall series entitled 13 Reasons Why. We hope you're excited about it. Who's ready for an incredible fall series? We are going to have some amazing elements added to our service on a weekly basis for the whole month of October. And so we want to encourage everyone to invite your friends, um, your, your teammates, everybody at your school. And so tonight, on your way out, we have made each of you, this is your tape. And so on your way out, what we want you guys to do is we want you to take an opportunity to allow the Holy Spirit of God to empower you to get people in the house. We're going to do some creative things, and it's going to be a relevant and powerful message with stuff that all of us are dealing with on a regular basis. It's going to be in your face. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be intense. It's going to be a, a progression where week after week it gets more and more intense, and it's going to be something no one in the house will want to miss. And so what we want you to do is we want you to take your tape and then take a couple others to invite some friends to real life next week. Amen? So will anybody of you, anybody commit tonight that I'll, I'll invite some folks to 13 Reasons Why next week? Anybody? Praise God. Awesome. Awesome. Before we get started, I want to say thank you to all of you for being here tonight. We love you so much. And if this is your first time, we've got a saying. If this is your first time, you're a guest. But the next time you come back, you are family. Amen? And so we thank you for being here. I'm Jonathan, and I'm excited to meet you if I haven't met you already. And uh, just, just one more shout-out for our, our family because uh, it's someone else's birthday tonight. My boy MJ is in the house. I want to say happy birthday to you, my, bo my bro. Um, we, we spent, uh, it was National Fine Arts in Louisville. We were roommates. It was awesome. I, I enjoyed that trip. MJ's an incredible young man. He's crazy, so watch out, ladies. Don't, don't go near him. Um, but I love him with all my heart. He's a great man. Happy birthday. Glad you're alive. So who's ready for God's word tonight? Praise the Lord. Tonight is the finale of For the Valley. And so tonight I'm excited because the, the message title tonight is One Life Can Make a Difference. One Life can make a difference. And I believe that you can make a difference real life. Amen? Amen. Your life can make a difference. In the past few weeks, we've been talking about what we are for as a ministry, not necessarily what we're against, but what we're for, what we want to be known for. And we are for the valley. And we're for being people who have compassion for others. Amen? We're people who are passionate about prayer and seeking the direction of God for our lives. Amen? Come on, be with me. Preach with me tonight, real life. As, as a ministry, we believe in each and every one of you. That's, that's who we are for as a ministry is you. We're for you. We believe that God created you to change the world. I say it all the time, but I think that the lies of the enemy are so powerful in our ear that we have to hear it over and over and over again that you are created to change the world. You need to hear that. Yes, you are. You're created to change the world, and there is significance in your life. That's what we're for. You may not believe it yourself at times, but we believe in you. That's who we are as a ministry, and our understanding of what God wants us to accomplish with our life is small 
in comparison to God's plans for our life. That's good enough to put on the screen tonight. Our understanding of what God wants us to accomplish with our life is small in comparison to God's plans for our life. The scripture says it like this in 1 Corinthians 2 verse 9. It says, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind can comprehend what God has prepared for those who love him. That means that you may try to think about your future, and you may try to think about your calling, and think about what God has created you to do, and it's small in comparison to God's calling and God's future for your life. That's encouraging tonight. And at Real Life, we believe that one life can make a difference. One person can change the world for the better. And that one person is you. No, it's you too. It's, it's you. It's you. It's every single person in this room. One life can make a difference. And I believe you are just one decision away from changing history. You're just one small decision away from making a ripple effect that completely changes the world. And just one moment in the presence of an almighty God can change everything. Amen? If you're able to participate in the process, this is what I want you to understand. If you're able to participate in changing just one person's life, man, their entire worldview is, is transformed. If you change one person's life, you've changed their world. So if you change just one person throughout the course of this week for the better, you change their life, you've changed their whole world. That's incredible. The impact on someone else's life can have this domino effect too. It's, it's really incredible. I was thinking about our, my friendship with Pastor Justin Gaston. He wasn't actually on stage this evening, but, but I remember about six years ago, Man, having a pivotal conversation in, in my vehicle, we had this God moment where we were talking and the Holy Spirit just laced our entire conversation. And from that moment on, he went ham for Jesus. It was incredible. And God used me to speak life, to speak encouragement into his heart. And the next thing I knew is he graduated from Bible school, moved to Roswell, was an incredible youth pastor for two years in Roswell. So he was changing North Atlanta. And then he got moved by the power of God to Miami, Florida. Praise Lord for palm trees. And he went and he, he helped minister to the Vatos, the Cubanos. He was, he was doing it in Miami. Welcome to Miami, right? Um, so he was changed. There was this domino effect. So my influence on one life then has this domino effect where it's multiplied. Like, I, God is a God who keeps good records. And that means that, man, when I get to heaven, because I helped in Justin's life and I was a good mentor and a discipler in his life, man, God's going to give me some credit for all those people. It's going to be awesome. So when you change one person's life, it's a domino effect. And this is so cool. Look at this scripture in Acts 1.8. It says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and all the ends of the world. That means this. It means your purpose is to live a powerful life that testifies the goodness of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, to Columbus, to the state of Georgia, to the United States of America, and then as real life goes global to the uttermost parts of the world. Hallelujah. Because we are a ministry that is supposed to change the world, not just Columbus. 
Man, there's another verse in Acts chapter 2. It says, in the last days, God says, I'll pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. And your old men will dream dreams. At Real Life Columbus, we want you to realize God is wanting you to realize that your life matters. He wants to give you a fresh vision tonight for your future. God wants to pour out his spirit on you tonight and give you dreams and visions for your life that is bigger than what it is right now, bigger than what you walked in here expecting to do with your life. God's going to do it tonight through the power of his Holy Spirit. Amen. See, here's the deal. I want you to hear this. Walking in your calling to change the world with with the deep love of Jesus takes a deep level of commitment. It takes commitment. What do you mean by that? I mean this, I mean you won't change the world for the better by accident. You're not going to change things by accident. Man, you're not just simply going to stumble into the greatness that you're called to. You're going to have to fight for it. You're going to have to dig deep at times. Because sometimes you're not going to feel it. You're not going to want it. But you're going you're gonna to have to fight. You are called to make a difference, but, but making a difference won't come without a fight real life. It won't come without a struggle. It's not automatic. You don't graduate high school without doing senior projects. You don't graduate high school without passing difficult exams. Man, the the papers y'all are writing right now, man, I had a young lady tell me, man, she's struggling with that AP biology. I feel for you. I'm praying for you. I'm so sorry that you're dealing with that. This too will pass, but you got to fight to graduate. Amen? Athletes, you do not break school records without putting blood, sweat, and tears into hours of practice on the field of competition. Here's the deal. The winner of Friday night's game, Northside or Columbus, is going to be determined by the fight this week in practice. It's going to be determined. The greatness that is revealed on Friday night is the greatness that's going to be produced by fighting and working hard in practice. Man, realizing Your dreams and all that God has created you for won't come without committing to overcome the many obstacles that come your way. All hell is going to try to stop you from changing the world. The enemy of your soul will try and discourage you to give up before you make it. But let me testify tonight to everyone in this room that the fight is worth it. The fight is worth it, real life. As I experience more of life, and and I've come to realize that the harder a dream is to accomplish or realize, the bigger the payoff is when you finally reach it. The harder it is to fight for a dream, the bigger the payoff. Man, victory is sweeter when your dream is worked for and not just handed to you. It's so much sweeter. For example, man, having children. Jubilee and I had a dream. We got married. We spent like five or six years without kids. But then we're like, hey, I want to have children. We're starting a family. Praise the Lord. And it was a dream. We, we wanted kids. It, and y'all, having children is hard. Because first of all, Jubilee is spending nine months with this living organism in her stomach. Her, her belly is like poking out, growing. She start walking like a penguin, y'all. You know, she, she doing all this stuff for nine months. She's, her back is aching. She can't sleep at night. Y'all, y'all know how you snuggle up to your special pillow at night, right? And you have your position when you sleep. Man, she couldn't do any of that because she has this like, what feels like a 90 pound sack of sand in her belly. It was hard. 
And childbirth was a, a very painful process, y'all. Trust me, I was there. I know, right? That's a joke because I'm a guy. Praise God. Men, aren't you so grateful we're, we're guys? I'm so glad I'm a man. Hallelujah. But y'all, childbirth was a painful process. This woman was in labor for 27 hours with Damien. 27 hours. She did not take an epidural. She did it completely all natural. She was crazy. Man, she was walking. She was like, I want this baby out of me. She was, it was nuts. It was unreal. Here's, what, here's why I tell this crazy story. The pain of the process to get to the promise was difficult. But to hold my son and look into his eyes that were full of wonder on the first day he was born, all of it was worth it. The pain of the process was difficult, but the payoff was great. Man, it was painful, it was hard, it was difficult, but the payoff was good. For almost a full year after that, we were deprived of sleep, woke up every two hours for Damien to eat or poop or both. But now I have, the listen, now after all that hard work, after all that energy, after all that effort, man, now I have these at night when I tuck my son into bed, I have these deep conversations with him where he is like articulating things that are unbelievable for an eight-year-old. And I'm looking at him and I'm thinking to myself, my God, look at what you have given me. What a reward for fighting through the battle. What a payoff. Man, after our children, we've got three. After they were born, naturally, we wanted all of them to be potty trained. And praise God, they all are now. Let me be a dad for a minute. Is that okay? I'm a dad. But, but here's the deal. Having three kids to, and wanting them all potty trained, it took changing a lot of diapers to get there. Praise the Lord. Anybody got young siblings that might, might still be in diapers? I feel for you. Here's the point. The payoff is worth the crap that you have to deal with along the way. Can I just say that? I'm, uh, that's a little risky. The payoff is worth the junk that you're going to have to deal with in real life. Your calling, your purpose, man, God wants to do something incredible with your life, and it's going to be hard, but the payoff's worth it is what I'm trying to, I'm trying to preach to somebody. Man, l last Monday I was so proud. I was one of the proudest dads in the whole world because my heart jumped up and down because in my son's first game, as a little league baseball player, he got to base, he stole second base, he stole third base, and that boy stole home plate and scored his first run in little league baseball. I'm telling you, the payoff, I say it because the payoff is worth it. There's going to be a struggle along the way, but the payoff is worth it. Tonight, I want us to see ourselves through the life of Jonah. At the end of the Old Testament, God calls a man named Jonah to make a difference in the lives of an entire nation, which would affect the entire world. And God wanted Jonah to make a global difference like he wants you to. And I believe God has placed that same calling on each and every one of us at real life. And Jonah helps us see what you do with your calling will determine whether or not your life makes a difference. What you do with your calling will determine whether or not your life makes a difference. All of us, each and every one of us are called. But what you do with that calling, will de it'll determine the difference that you'll make. In Jonah chapter 1, verse 1, it says, The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. 
go to the great city of Nineveh, preach against it because its wickedness has come up before me. But get this, Jonah ran away from the Lord. He said no. He headed for Tarshish. And he went down to Joppa where he found a ship bound for that port. And after paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed away from where God wanted him to. And he fled from the Lord. And then the Lord sent a great wind on the sea. And a, such a violent storm arose that the ship threatened to break up and sink. And all the sailors were afraid. And each of them cried out to his own God. And they threw cargo into the sea to lighten the ship to try to keep it from sinking. See, the first lesson tonight we can learn from Jonah is sometimes God will lead you to do things you're not comfortable with. Sometimes God will lead you and, and call you to things that you're not comfortable with. And I want to preface that with the word yet. Man, I, I remember when I first started preaching, I was scared to death because I was afraid to get up in front of a bunch of people who could care less what I had to say. But as I've been preaching, as God has given me a gift to communicate his word, I've learned, man, that I could care less about what you think because I care more about what God thinks. So at first he called me to do the uncomfortable, but I've grown to be confident in it, not because I'm confident in myself, but because I'm confident in my God. So even though God will call each and every one of us, man, some of us will feel really uncomfortable saying, hey, will you come with me to real life? It's going to be incredible, man. Some of us are insecure, and we think, man, nobody's going to pay attention to us. Man, we can't make a difference in somebody's life. But this one little tape and one little conversation could change somebody's world, and God is calling all of us to get uncomfortable. Yet, Jonah ran because he wasn't comfortable with Nineveh. God revealed purpose and gave him clear instruction, and yet Jonah ran because he was called to live uncomfortably. And that's all of us in the room tonight. Can I tell somebody that your feelings and your emotions don't determine our purpose and our calling? Our feelings and our emotions do not determine our purpose and our calling. If we face the discomfort and walk in obedience, even when we don't feel good about what God has called us to do, man, your courage and your confidence can grow with your obedience to God. That's what happens is, man, you start obeying God. You start doing the little things that he's calling you to that you're not comfortable with. And what happens is you begin to get grow in confidence because of your obedience. And, and this, is, this is something I really want everyone in the room to catch tonight. It's a good rule to assess the situations you're facing in life right now. And that rule is this. Most of the time, the hard thing to do or the difficult decision to make is the right thing to do. The hard choice is God's choice for your life. For example, Jonah was called to Nineveh, and Nineveh was a dark, hard place. But it was the place God had called him to. For example, to make it applicable for our lives, man, it is easy, can I get a witness, to light somebody up and subtweet them on, on Twitter when they start talking trash about your school, man, I don't even want to look at Northside and Columbus Twitter feed because I'm sure it's going crazy all week long talking trash to everyone. It is easy to do that. But it's hard to love your enemies. It's hard to turn the other cheek. It's hard to do what Jesus said, which was to pray for those who persecute you. And so many times the hard thing to do is God's thing for you. 
Man, here's another example. It's easy to live for yourself and not care about the needs of others. Man, it's easy to take care of number one because I'm the most important part of my life, right? It's easy to do that, but sometimes it's hard to sacrifice your time. It's hard to sacrifice your energy. It's hard to sacrifice your finances to help those that are in need around you. But the reality is the hard thing is God's thing. Man, it is easy to get physical in a relationship with no one around. When it's late at night and there's no parents in the house, man, and, and guys, she is wearing those shorts. She's wearing those shorts that, that you can't even tell she's wearing a shorts, shorts because there's not enough shorts. There's too much t-shirt. And it is like, oh my, oh my Lord Jesus. Can I tell you, it is easy when you put yourself in a compromising situation. You're in a relationship and you think, oh, it is easy to fall into that physical relationship. But the hard thing to do is to set boundaries and embrace accountability in your life and in your relationships. The hard thing to do is to keep your hands to yourself and keep your relationship pure. That's the hard thing, but it's God's thing. And I want you, when I say that, I want you to, I want to remind you, I spent nine months before I kissed my wife. Nine months before, because guess what? The struggle, the struggle is worth it because the payoff is better when the fight is hard. When you're pure in your relationship, man, what you get is you get a faithful woman of virtue who will praise you in the streets. You'll get a woman of wisdom. Man, the payoff, man, you won't get some girl that's going to cheat on you and lie on you. Man, if you do the right thing and the hard thing when you're now, when you're in your here and now, if you're faithful now, you'll be faithful later. The payoff is worth it. Man, sometimes, let's just be real, it's hard to break a relationship off that you're codependent with that other person. And you've made them your source when only God should have that place in your life. But the hard thing is the right thing. Tonight, somebody needs to make a decision. God, I want to place you on the throne of my heart. I'm going to make a hard decision and walk away from that relationship. Man, it's easier in youth culture. The youth culture that we live in today, man, it's easy to blend in and make sure that you fly under the radar. Because you know how cutthroat people can be. You know how destructive people's words can be. So you just want to take it easy and fly under the radar. But the hard thing is to gain influence and use your leverage to make the world around you a better place to communicate, hey, guess what? I belong to a family of believers that wants to change the world. And we think that you're, you're a candidate to be a part of this family. So why don't you come on Wednesday night? The hard thing to do is to open yourself up and be vulnerable and say, hey, guess what? God has transformed my life. He can do it for you. Why don't you come and see what's happening? Man, it's easy to fly under the radar. It's easy to coast. But it's hard to be bold and be a witness. Amen. Scripture says that wide is the path to destruction and narrow is the way to eternal life. That's summing it up, man. It is easy to go to hell. It's hard to live for Jesus. Man, if it was easy to live for Jesus, everybody would be doing it. That's why Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Because if you lean on your own understanding, you'll choose the easy path every time. Every time. In order to fulfill your calling to change the world, there will be times you will have to face some challenges you never wanted to deal with. 
You'll have to face some things you never wanted to. Jonah never asked to be called to Nineveh. He never asked to be a prophetic voice to people who he was obviously not passionate about. He was faced with a challenge he never wanted to deal with. And when this happens, your perspective on life and your view of people will make all the difference in the world. It can make or break your God-given calling. And for that reason, this is why at Real Life Student Ministries, we are for people. We are for people. We love everybody at Real Life. We are unashamed about loving every single person. Man, when you walk in this door, you should feel love, acceptance, and forgiveness in Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. We love the saint and we love the sinner. We love the jock and we love the redneck, praise God. We love the gangster and we love the goth. We love the drug dealer and we love, fill in the blank, man. There is all kinds of junk going on at your school and you know it. But it doesn't matter what you're involved in. We're going to love you because we love people. We love every tongue, tribe, and nation. We love every nationality, every skin pigmentation. Man, it doesn't matter what color you are. You are welcome in this house because we love you. We love every socioeconomic background. That means the rich and the poor for those who haven't paid attention in school. Praise God. We love the dumb and the smart. Because God is working on you to give you the mind of Christ. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. But here's the thing. We have to fight for a positive view of people. you got to fight for it. Because people do you wrong. People are failing all the time. People will talk during your sermon. And it's like, it's hard. But I love you. I love you no matter what. You can, you can say, I hate your sermon, Pastor Jonathan. I love you. I'm sorry. I'll try to do better next week. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> but here's the deal. You've got to fight for a positive view of people. God is calling you and I to have such a positive view of people that it changes the world around us. That's what we're called to be as a ministry. I think we can relate with Jonah many times because, let's be honest, one day walking in the halls of our schools and living the life of a high school student shows us that the world we live in is full of darkness. Just one day. Jonah did not want to go to Nineveh because it was a city with a bad reputation. The people were not the type of people you want to raise a family around. They were deep in sin. There, was not, there weren't many cities on the face of the planet that God wanted to completely destroy because of its utter darkness, but Nineveh was one of them. The darkness shaped their culture and made them who they were, and Jonah wanted no part of it. He thought, there's no way I'm going to make any difference. I think that if we don't try and like the people that surround our lives, the people that God has called us to, if we don't try to fight for loving them unconditionally, if we don't fight to have a positive perspective of others, we will be that much more likely to run away from our calling. I think our generation can relate with Jonah because the darkness we have to live in can be so overwhelming that we want to run instead of trying to bring light. The darkness that we live in can be so overwhelming that it makes us want to run instead of trying to bring light. God spoke to Jonah and told him what he wanted him to do and who he was to minister. And Jonah said, deuces, and went the opposite direction. He went as far from what God had called him to do as possible. And I think tonight some of you know that God has called you and it scares you, so you purposely run from him. 
When he made the choice to run from his purpose and his calling, that's when the storm came. And I want you to put this together because many of us in this room know God has called you with a purpose, but you're starting to run. And then you're questioning why your life is falling apart. Because as soon as Jonah began to ran from, run from his calling, that's when the storm came. When you and I run from our calling, God will send a storm to wake us up to his purpose in our life. Some of the mess that you're in right now is because you're running from your created purpose real life. Some of the mess, the mistakes, the struggle, the pain, the stress, the anxiety that what if someone finds out? All of that pressure can be alleviated if you stop running from your created purpose. Jonah was called to Nineveh, but he was on the way in the opposite direction. This shows us that placing yourself in the wrong environment can stop you from fulfilling your created purpose. Man, some of us just got to get out of the, the environments that we put ourselves in. The ship was headed in the opposite direction, and it was going to sink. And I promise you, if some of you stay in the environments that you're in today, man, it will eventually sink. Jonah was called to help save Nineveh, but he put himself in an environment that was going to destroy him, never to accomplish what God created him to accomplish. And all of us in this room are called, but many of us are placing ourselves in those environments that are destroying our calling. The story goes on, and the men in the boat determine that God is upset with Jonah, and they all agree to order, in order to save their lives, they're going to throw him in to the water. They get so upset with Jonah, they throw him into the, off the boat, and as soon as that happens, the storm stops, and the giant fish swallows Jonah and takes him to the bottom takes him to the bottom. And it's here that Jonah realizes his life is not going the way God intended it to go. And I've come to help somebody in the room tonight realize that hitting rock bottom is a perfect place to change the direction of your life. Man, you may feel like you are at rock bottom. Hey, guess what? That's a great place for God to pick you up because you ain't got nowhere else to go but up. God is wanting to transform your life. When Jonah was at his lowest point, he was in the belly of a fish at the very bottom of the sea. And he began to call out to God and repent. And he said this in chapter 2. He said, those who cling to worthless idols turn away from God's love for them. But I, I'm with shouts of grateful praise. I'm willing to sacrifice to you. I'm ready for the fight. I recognize now it's hard, but I'm going to do it. And what I have vowed, I will make good. I will say salvation comes from the Lord. And the Lord commanded the fish, and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. Man, the moment you decide to follow your calling could be the moment God sets you free from the bondage you're currently in. Man, some of you walked in here, you've been trying, you've been struggling. Many in this room have tried to get free from the bondage that you're entangled in, but you're still living for yourself. The moment you decide to follow your calling could be that very moment that God sets you free from the bondage you're in. The moment you decide, man, I'm going to make a difference not just for my own personal life, but I'm going to make a difference in the life of someone else. Man, that could be the key that unlocks your freedom from the bondages that have enslaved you for so long and that are driving you crazy. Tonight, the story closes like this. It's so cool because Jonah vows to God, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do what you call me to do. I'm going to obey. And here's what happens in chapter 3. It says, when Jonah's warning reached the king of Nineveh, the king rose from his throne, took off his royal robes, covered himself with sackcloth, and sat down 
in the dust. And he called the entire nation to repent and fast. And he said, who knows? God may yet relent with compassion and turn from his fierce anger so that we will not perish. And when God saw that what they had did and how they had turned from their evil ways, he relented and did not bring them the destruction he had threatened. Man, Jonah was used by God to change a whole nation which eventually changed the world. We have a God, real life, that is full of love, a God that is full of compassion, a God that is full of grace and full of mercy, and he wants us to show the world that same type of love. Amen? I want to invite the band to come as I close very quickly. Man, I've got good news for somebody tonight. I don't know if you came needing good news, but here it is. God can use you even if you've spent time running away from his calling for your life. Can I say that again? If you spent some time and you have turned your back on God and said, forget this, I'm going in the opposite direction, God can still use you. That's exactly what he did with Jonah. Jonah went the opposite direction, but God still got him back on track and used him to change the world. A simple decision, can, a simple decision, you make it tonight, and it can be the catalyst of your entire world changing. We think our lives are ruined, man, when we go in the wrong direction. We think we're facing situations, and we think, man, this is unrepairable. I can't get over this mistake. Our feelings, I want to remind you again, our feelings and our emotions don't determine the purpose and your calling that God has put in your life. Many of us in this room have made, all of us in this room have made major mistakes but let me give you some good advice. You are still so young. You are so young. You've got a lifetime to still live out. It is, you are not through. Man, if, if the enemy of your soul is lying to you and say, saying you're never going to get over this, this is going to destroy your life, man, you are only 16, 17, 18 years old. God is going to use the next 70 years of your life to transform the world for the better. All you got to do is turn and run to him. You've got so much life left, and you have so much time to turn your life in the right direction and make a lasting impact to change this world. You've got so much time. I want to invite everyone to their feet tonight.